what is it? Saturday was so freaking humid. I have a four layer uh, mask from Kelly Cochran, as you wish masks. And I'm, yeah. I'm totally happy to, to plug her. Yeah. Yeah. If, if that's all right with you guys, oh, of course, uh, she has at least one micro layer that is medical grade. And I've talked to a nurse and explained the construction of it. And she goes, this is as good as an N95 mask. Welcome to geeks without God with Molly Glover, Nick Glover, and Tim Wick. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We don't recognize moral authority. We don't accept divine superiority. We're geeks, geeks without God. This week on Geeks Without God, we're joined by good friend and regular guest, Tony Miller. He joins us to talk about what it's like to be a Renaissance Festival worker in a year with no Renaissance Festivals. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, geeks without God. Welcome to Geeks Without God. I am your host, Molly Glover, joined as always by my fearless co-hosts, Tim Wick. Huzzah! And Nick Glover. Uh, forsooth. Yes. And we are joined today by the equally fearless, our dear friend and returning guest, Tony Miller, a.k.a. Seamus the Insulter. Woot and lols. Wow. <laughs> Guess which one of us is the oldest? <laughs> uh, I miss you so much, my friend. <laughs> it's so good to see you. I'm missing you less as the moments go by. Wow. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. That is all I ever aim to do is to remind people why they were glad the pandemic happened. Oh, that's right. I didn't have to see Molly Glover so often. <laughs> you know, your, your voice is just a little bit less loud when it's streamed. Yeah. <laughs> No, this is unbelievably good to see you guys. I've really missed this. Yeah. And I miss yes. you guys. Yeah. I am so glad to have you on. And uh, as always, you are back in town for the Minnesota Renaissance Festival. Which I mean, at the time... as, as almost always. Yeah. Hmm. Um, we don't refer That's right. We don't talk yeah. about the gap year. Oh, okay. That's right, because last year did not happen. Mm -hmm. And uh, and that is that is part of what you're here to talk about is how was it for you as somebody who makes his living as a touring street performer, uh, we've talked previously about your yurt and your nomadic life, uh, but how how was it? What did you do? Where did you go? Uh, the last two before the last two weeks of the Arizona Renaissance Festival in March um, of 2019, suddenly we were getting uh, statewide shutdowns or sorry, local shutdowns, and then the second to last weekend we got a statewide shutdown. Jesse in 2020. Was, Sorry, in 2020. Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, COVID time has really played havoc with my place in dates. Um, but we had uh, five days to vacate the oh. festival grounds. Oh, my God. It was a scramble. Uh, I have to admit, the first 48 hours, myself and my partner, Jen, uh, we were stressed because it was like suddenly... And because I was watching this happen, you know, from early January when you first started started hearing about this COVID-19 coming out of Wuhan, China, and then suddenly Europe and basically Italy was the big canary in that coal mine. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. When they locked down, I'm like, oh, shit, this is serious, because I knew that uh, Trump at the time had pretty much disbanded the uh, national pandemic team that yes. uh, Obama had kept going uh, Clinton kept going, and I think it was under George Bush Jr. that it got set up. Mm -hmm. um, but he disbanded it because, you know, he's who he is. 
<laughs> um, we had a very dear friend of ours who Jen worked for has a small little five acre ranch down on, outside of Tucson said, Hey you guys come on down here for, wow. you know, for the spring. And we're like, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. So we went down, we set up our yurt, uh, through May when it got uh, triple digits. So we'd leave the yurt, we'd sit under some trees in lawn chairs and, uh, Frenchie was a dear, dear man. He set up an on-demand hose shower thing in an abandoned chicken coop oh that's nice so we'd walk in there and just completely drench ourselves with water our clothes yeah go sit out and we would do that five to eight times a day then uh my partner has a very dear friend who's now my dear friend mary joe marks she's a late a lady in her late 70s owns a five acre ranch in montana in the bitterroot valley we were going to visit her anyway late spring. She said, come on out. So we were watching the Colorado Festival push themselves back that year. Yep, yep. And we're starting to see all these festivals close, just one right after another. And Jen and I were talking. We're saying, hey, if it closes, can we stay here until Minnesota opens? And she's like, yeah, absolutely, no problem. <laughs> and then um, Minnesota. Which at the time, it seemed like it was, pl- it still felt plausible. Yeah. Because it was like, if we just locked down. Flatten and every, the curve. Like, we'll flatten the curve and we'll be able to have big scale events when it's mm-hmm. September. September's forever away. Yeah. Except when Colorado shut down, and that was uh, about mid-July of that year, toward the yeah. end of July, and I was following, you know, the CDC, the WHO. Oh, yeah. I was watching Europe lock down. I was watching Sweden go in their stupid, oh, herd immunity thing. It's like, uh-huh. this is not the yeah. flu. This it's is like not the everybody flu. Everybody gets it, yeah. You're watching the R values. You're watching the hospitals. You know, New York, you're watching the hospitals just slam. Mm-hmm. Very uh, Sorry, get very filled up. And so Jen and I were talking like, this is going to be bad. Um, and then Minnesota shut down. And then Jeff Siegel runs, he runs North Carolina, Arizona shows. And he shut down that September. He wanted to give us a lot of notice because yeah. he's one of the few owners who did that. Yeah, he shut down before Minnesota did. Yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah. by all everything I've heard, he is a, a, a good dude, like a good owner when it comes to somebody who has a lot of money and owns a lot of shit. Well, yeah, I like, mean... He's an asshole, but he's less of an asshole than the other. Uh, he's a he's an asshole who abides by his word. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there've been yeah, and I will say this for him because I've known him for a long time. I actually married him and his wife, his latest wife. Uh, Hot. I uh, know. It, it was a three way. It, <laughs> it was paganish, Catholic, yeah. semi aqua satanic. It was good. Yeah, yeah. But three times over the this last f- 15 years that I've been back on the road, uh, one of his shows got completely rained out like that weekend. Mm. He paid all the entertainment. Uh. See, like that's, yeah, yeah. So anyway, uh, so when the shows like that, the fall show started shutting down, we talked to Mary Jo and bless her heart in a good way. She goes, <laughs> stay here as long as you need. We didn't know a three-week vacation with her was going to turn into exactly one year that we're staying <gasps> on oh, her property. Oh, wow. So she has four horses. Um, she has a lot. Of, she's over-treed on her property. She has way too many trees. Uh, yeah. So I said, so I taught myself how to professionally chainsaw, and I dropped uh, about 68 uh, trees and processed eight and a half tons of firewood. I pulled, <laughs> Amazing. I pole-limbed over 127 trees up to 10 feet. For fire mitigation, I hand painted her four-story house. I hand painted her barn. Uh, basically, I was doing all this stuff to say thank you. I was right. very fortunate 
My partner and I were fortunate this entire pandemic to be in spaces where we could go outside at any time and not That's, be around people. Yes, that was us too. We we were talking about that a lot over the last year and a half of how even though we live, you know, in cities, we we actually for Minneapolis, St. Paul are very uh forested lots of green space. Like we were able to leave our Eden Prairie house and go walk for miles and we would see maybe one person. And even even when the air is trying to murder you and hurts your face, you can, you know, prepare for winter. You yeah. can bundle up more and get some hand warmers and that sort of thing. You can get outside and do stuff. I'm glad that you were in a similar situation because I think that it, it means a lot for uh, whatever we want to call the spirit. <laughs> it does. Yeah. Me- uh, mental health. <laughs> I have two friends who are in Chicago. And they basically didn't leave their apartments for almost a year. Oh. Uh, and it was, I could tell the toll it was taken. This has taken such a toll on the Rennie community. Um, I'd say a good sixth to one fifth of the people who are Rennies aren't coming back because this has lasted so long where they've been out of work and off the road for so long. You, They literally had to find other ways of making a living. Yeah. Sure. Uh, you have old vendors uh, not come back because they were going to retire. Anyway, here in Minnesota, the first weekend I walked around, there were 13 shuttered buildings. Uh, wow. There were about three to four tent businesses that were gone. Uh, the first weekend, maybe a tenth of the, the kitchens were not Oh, open. my God. Now, Hold some on. Of those, some of those buildings, to be, to be fair, uh, were shuttered because Colorado got pushed back. Yeah. And Colorado ran through the first weekend in Minnesota. And so there were some crafters who were unable to actually run a shop in Colorado and a shop in Minnesota at the same time. So like friend of the show, Byron Miller, Broomhilda was was not open in Minnesota because he needed to stay open in Colorado. Sterling. Sterling. Anyway, he was staying, he he couldn't get to Minnesota in time. Plus, Plus they were exposed in Sterling. So they had to quarantine for uh, 10 days, 10, 14 days, which unfortunately overlapped with the first weekend. Uh, I've noticed about, like I said, three tent businesses that didn't open. Um, About half the games weren't manned the first weekend. Uh, Hold on, but but how many um, terribly misspelled T-shirt shops has Jim managed to keep open? I mean, please tell me it's at least five. (laughs) Actually, uh, most of the ones I saw were not open. Or, oh my god, that's severely, bad. Severely understocked. That's there a real is, labor shortage then. For, I mean, if one, he's not selling his own garbage. There's an independent t-shirt shop called the Dog Pound. That's out across from where the dungeon is. And yeah. it's like they're just an outside vendor who sells their own t-shirts. And I'm just like, oh, we're the state fair now. Awesome. Yeah, there's nothing wrong. And I no, that's, that's not fine. a slam on the state fair. No, no, no. But the state fair and the Renaissance Festival should be Two distinctly different flavors of entertainment. I mean, like, there's some leather vendors that would probably overlap between the two and not for the same reasons. (laughs) I will say I I am glad that a labor shortage is not just affecting our beloved artisan friends and is also affecting the... Uh, the the, 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 yes, the touristy tyrant shops of yore as well. Uh, not that that's great for overall health of the business, but you know, I just, I would, it would make me mad if he was doing great and everyone else was suffering in, in, instead, but yeah, there's a, there's a t-shirt shop, a t-shirt like mug kiosk thing that the dregs walk by every morning on our walk. And usually 
it's open and there's stuff there. And I think Sunday was the first day we walked by that it was actually open. Oh, sure. Stuff there, but there was hardly anything there. But usually they have 20, 30 different goddamn things. But yeah, you're touching on something that uh, we, uh, my partner and I did the Colorado Renaissance Festival. At that festival, I sell garlic. Uh, We did double the normal amount of sales. Uh, over a record year. It, wow. We, I've never seen anything like it. We were uh-huh. literally throwing stuff at people over. Uh, it was insane. One of the big challenges was because we needed double the amount of products, we needed double the amount of pallets. Normally, mm-hmm. I would get two pallets, and that would take me about two weeks, two and a half weeks to get through. I was doing two pallets a week. Wow. Jesus. Yeah, it was insane. And what we found out is that across the board, across the country, there's uh, a lack of drivers. Mm. Production lines are snarled up all over the world because oh, yeah. of COVID uh, here in the United States, honestly, because of pay. Yep. Uh, shipping containers are getting shipping, are super slow. They're being stacked up. You wouldn't believe the stack up in California in the shipping docks. Uh, I shipping, would. I, I work yeah. about it. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah. We have a lot. Of, we have meetings about it once a week, basically. Yeah. It's uh, rough. So I'll go ahead. Uh, it's just a a supply chain story. Mm -hmm. Uh, we, I had an install happening for a customer that was expanding in a data center and, uh, they got, you know, like basically like 10, $15,000 routers and switches and, and all this stuff. And, uh, they get to the day to do the install and all the people are there on a Saturday, taking time out of their lives to do this thing. And the whole thing comes grinding to a halt because, uh, the stack cable that connects the switches into one switch fabric uh, is back ordered with Cisco for 172 days. Oh my God. Just, just the cable? It's like a $50 yeah. cable, yep. but it's a proprietary cable that only Cisco makes and you, nobody's selling yep. them used. And, and it's like, and plus, like, you have to go through certain distributors per your contract yeah. and all that shit. But yeah. Like a like a like a half million dollar project was delayed because nobody in the United States can get their hands on a specific stack cable. So you can't just order more garlic, is what you're saying. <laughs> well, we had uh, 3,200 pounds of garlic get delayed five days. Oh, which that normally should have showed up on Thursday. It showed up on the following uh, Wednesday. Oof. So we ran. We literally ran out of product uh, at a festival. What has happened, especially with the early spring summer shows and even into fall, is all the vendors who actually make their stuff, uh, they've already hit past their peak by the end of summer as far as the amount of stuff that they can make and sell. Now this last half of the year, which is normally the big part of most vendors' seasons, they're going to be lucky to do about two-thirds to half of what they normally do this time of year because they literally can't make enough product sure. to keep on the shelves. Yeah, they were I, expecting to have more leftover from previous shows. Like they normally do. My, yeah. I heard I heard Badger Blades, which is a knife smith that that, uh, that we know uh, is almost out of inventory. Like, after, wow. after like two weeks. Out. Out of so inventory. Now, how, how of it do... How uh, so? I know we all know that a lot of times in Minnesota, I don't know if this is how it is at other festivals, but it's, but particularly Minnesota will be out of certain uh, foods 
at Castle Kitchens oh. and stuff like early on and then also later because they don't they don't quite plan that right. Have, has any of that been happening at Minnesota uh, or first, is it the first day? Yeah, uh, they were run, they were running out of corn that they were running out of a crap ton of stuff now. And you'll rarely hear me say this. It's not all Minnesota's fault uh, <laughs> because production and delivery of any goods, yeah. whether yeah. fungible, tangible, whatever, yeah. is is just messed up. It's just messed up. And nobody wants to believe that. Nobody, even people who work in fields that are involved with this sort of shipping, you know, transmitting and kind and and goods, you know, people who work in restaurants and things like that, they they assume that where they go to spend their money should have their shit together, even if their own company doesn't. They expect better from the place that they're that they're spending their money. And so people get that really entitled nastiness that I, I fear we're going to see more of. Which, uh, yeah. That's a great, thank you for bringing that up because that is going to tie back into uh, people come to the Renaissance festivals, by and large, I've noticed are extremely understanding so far that's for good. standing in extremely long lines, People running out of food, Pepsis, you know, in Colorado, they ran out of Pepsi multiple times by Saturday afternoon because there's so many people coming through. Yeah. Uh, that does not translate to outside festivals. You know, we've all heard so many stories about the airline industry. Uh, yes. The yes. restaurant industry having people come in and it's like they literally forgot how to be even barely decent customers. Right. This pandemic has pulled aside the myth of the common good. <laughs> yes. Because it has been under attack for such a very long time. It has been exacerbated, basically came to you know uh, a pinnacle under Trump and all of the people supporting him, and it's still ongoing. Um, from a personal viewpoint, I'm going to switch back a little bit more to the health aspect of this pandemic. My partner is immunocompromised. We're both vaccinated. We both have not been in a restaurant since uh, March of mm -hmm. 2020. Mm -hmm. We'll do takeout. I'll walk in as a, with a mask. I come out. We still wipe groceries. We still social distance. Um, I wear a mask during festival. Being a street mm -hmm. performer in a four-layer mask has been challenging. That's what uh, we'd be doing if we were still out there, though. 100%. Yeah. We yeah. would be beefcake and olive in masks. That's just yeah. how it would have to be. And yeah. I applaud you guys for that. Uh, for it's hard. I can only imagine. It's, it is challenging. For people who don't know about this podcast, uh, Molly and Nick have asked that, uh, myself and Tim, because we're out at the festival, to not be in their house while we do this podcast. I totally respect totally that. Totally fair. And I totally support that. Yeah, we uh, would normally be at Tim's uh, in uh, the basement room, which is just mm -hmm. a smaller a smaller space. That's where everything is set up. And we just kind of decided that rather than being like, uh, trying to worry about it. And, and honestly, to be honest, Tim, I, I would hate to give either you or Tony COVID accidentally as well, while you are trying to work the next five weekends out at the Renaissance Festival, yeah. and you I know, mean, and you need to make your living. Yeah. And Tony and I both, I mean, we face different challenges, right? I'm a singer. We tried to figure out a way to do singing in masks and it's just, it's not, it's not right. going to happen. It can't, right. we can't do it. Um, and so we have to we, we, we perform without masks. Um, we distance ourselves from the audience. I try to stay as far away from from audience members and, and all that stuff. But, you know, you recognize there's risk. You recognize there's risk and you're making you're making decisions on what risk you're willing to take. Yep. You know, we signed a contract. We said we were going to be there. Yep. 
Um, and uh, as, as Tony mentioned, with the crafters doing well, we as performers are doing exceptionally well as That's well. Good to so hear. from a financial perspective, it's really nice to be there. But, you know, like I'm I'm going in and I'm testing every week. Um, the good news is of the people that I know that are going into test every week that have worked out there, nobody's coming back positive yet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, and, that's, that's very good. And part of the, part of the equation of mitigating risk was looking at things like when we had, uh, the unrest in, in the twin cities, when George Floyd was murdered last year, uh, and all the protests that went on outside with all those hundreds and hundreds and thousands of people, and they didn't see a big surge in cases because of that, because they were outdoors. And that was also we... OG coronavirus. It's really good to point yeah. out where that, yeah. that Delta's Delta's very different. Delta is different, but it's still it is it's not spreading as badly outdoors. So knowing right. that we're outdoors makes me feel a little safer. I mean, you know, you know, there's a risk, but yeah, it feels which... like the risk is. A little less because at least we're all outside. Yeah, and you know, it's interesting. I've been following so many different outdoor events. Lollapalooza in New York was a huge one. Where supposedly, Chicago. Chicago, sorry. Uh, where they had, they said, over 80% vaccination and or a negative COVID test to get in. Yes. And they were, they were close. Yep, uh, yep. I heard so, the mayor talk. Yeah, they yeah, had ninety. So, they had ninety-one percent vaccination and nine percent who had presented negative tests. Yeah. And so far, as we can tell, it's not a super spreader event. No. You look at the same density of people in Sturgis, where most of the people there are unvaccinated. Yeah. It was mostly outdoors, although there were indoor. There's a lot of indoor bars, but there's a lot of close contact. Yep. Big spreader. Yep. Um, yep. Go ahead. Oh, no, please. Sorry. Oh, so myself, because of my partner and also, you know, I'm 62. I'm mm-hmm. very robust and I have a good immune system. Chopping uh, down many trees. <laughs> with a chainsaw. <laughs> uh, and I still have all my digits. Um, I don't give a fuck anymore about giving anyone the benefit of the doubt. Uh, I was telling Tim, and there's three three separate people in Colorado who I hadn't seen in about two years, friends of mine. And as I approached, are you vaccinated? You know, uh, and three of them said the exact same thing. It's like they're in a freaking cult. I don't feel comfortable discussing my personal medical history. Cool, bye. Fuck off. <laughs> you yeah. know, I would have more respect for them if they said, I don't vax and I don't mask. Okay, cool. Yeah. I think you're a dick, but you know yeah. what? You're up front. At, at least you're honest. At least you're owning honest. it. You're I don't feel it. comfortable talking about my personal medical history. Are you just said no without yeah. saying no? Yeah. And yeah. I, I did ask my, uh, there's one guy and I said, uh, does that mean you're unvaxxed? He goes, well, I don't feel comfortable. I said, okay, well, I'm, my wife is immunocompromised. So we're, we're going to stay 10, 15 feet apart. You know, it's like, oh, I am, I am over this whole bullshit personal choice with some basic stuff that can help take care of those who cannot get the Mm -hmm. vaccine, those who are immunocompromised, like children. Yep. Children. A lot of people who can get the vaccine, their body just isn't as good as making the antibodies. So, like, they're vaccinated, but not as great as maybe somebody with robust immune system. Well, so something I've thought about this a lot is because there's a lot of information, data out there about how 
you know, vaccine is vaccines seem to be best at preventing severe symptoms, uh, keeping you asymptomatic even, but mm-hmm. they, they don't necessarily do a ton to prevent transmission or there could be a window of time where you are just as contagious. Right. Mm-hmm. And that, and that's variable. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, when it comes to things like comparing events that are requiring vaccination and or proof of negative test to, to events that aren't outdoor events, even right. It's I think a definite component of this is social hygiene as well. It's just the people who are more likely to say, yes, I'll go to an event that's requiring vaccination are probably, uh, you know, on a whole people that are more likely to take this shit seriously and people that are taking other precautions in their life. Mm. Right. And the people that are going to Sturgis <laughs> and even if they're spending their whole time outdoors and they're being relatively safe, it's the fact that just in terms of population density, they got more assholes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 I mean, and, and that's it. I mean, it's yeah. not necessarily that behavior A is less or more risky than behavior B. So much of it is like the crowd, the people that are there, the yeah. demographics that are there. Yeah. To have they joined a cult and poisoned their mind? Yeah, uh-huh. And we don't, we don't know as far as the audience. I mean, we literally exactly. don't know. Exactly. Um, and so, you know, it's kind of, and I'm, I'm in the same boat as Tony about fucks to give. There was a, this is, this is true. Like the first weekend at the, at our final show, which is the longest show and we can, we have all the time in the world. And so, you know, I'm always like at the end of the show, I thank everybody for coming. I tell them how happy we are to be able to do this. And, uh, I say, look, I don't think that this should be political at all. So I'm going to say it anyway. Uh, please, if you're not vaccinated, get vaccinated. Um, so that we can keep doing this. Um, and usually I get applause and nobody's pissed at me, but there, and there was one guy who was not pissed at me at, our show on first weekend, who was like, Oh, Oh, did you, did you want me to mask? I'm like, nah, man, we've been singing at you for an hour and a half. My spits all over you. Right. You're the one, you're the one taking the risk. Did uh, I want you to mask? I mean, yes, because I theoretically don't want you to die. But, yeah, like... but on the other hand, fucking die, man. You're yeah, the one. that's fine. Uh, you know, and, and, uh, and I worry like, about, no, hold on. Just let me take your picture. What's your name. I just want to Google you in two weeks. <laughs> I just want to remember you. I want to remember you, yeah. but I mean, I worry about the kids that are out there yeah. that can't yep. be vaccinated. Oh yeah. Um, That's because a big part of, of, because of people like that asshole. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. uh, which brings me to one of the points I wanted to bring up to tonight's podcast is the effect it has on our interpersonal relationships. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I have a sister and her entire family, nephews, nieces, great nephews, great nieces, unvaxxed, unmasked throughout this whole thing. So I saw, I saw my sister and my nephews. We were outdoors on her porch, 10 feet away. Uh, My partner who loves my sister, they love each other, planning on girls night outs and stuff like that. My partner showed up one time masked and gloved, Uh, didn't hug. And that was the one time she saw my sister. And it took about six months of processing because I still love my family, that part of my family. But now I have to love them over there. Mm-hmm. The rest of my family, except for my one niece who is a nurse, they still think it's overblown. Which wow. drives me fucking bug nuts. Because yeah. it's 
it's very much the, well, it hasn't happened to me. And it really hasn't happened. And people I did know who get it, it wasn't that it wasn't that hard on them. And it's like they completely disregard the legion of stories of watching children's wards. Well, when the Texas AG came out and said uh, all of our pediatric ICU beds are full. Yeah. Which means if your kid, and this is a quote, if your kid is in a car wreck or has a congenital heart defect that needs surgery, we're going to have to wait for a kid to die in one of these beds for your child to get yeah. help. And then yeah. that... And then that gentleman who died of a gallbladder. Yep. Because yep. there were no, there's no room in the inn. Which we don't count as COVID deaths, right? Right. But they really kind of are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and what's extra frustrating to me is that, like, you know, we talked earlier about how both of you are very cool. And, like, there was no question. It was very understanding of us being like, we'd rather, you know, just record here. Same with Tim. We were like, we're just going to record remotely during all of Renaissance Festival. Let's just do that. But also, like, vilification tennis. We had a Bill show last weekend. And we required... Uh, proof of vaccination for entry, not a negative test. It had to be vaccination. And then also all the performers were vaccinated and all the performers and the the vilifiers who were planning to be in the audience went and got COVID tests to make sure we were negative before we went to this thing, because that's how much it mattered to us to make sure that this was going to be safe. And like, that is what I appreciate about my friends is I don't have anybody who, when I say, No, I don't have anyone in my life who's going, I'm vaccinated. Who cares? You're being such a baby about this. Who is understanding like, yes, we are vaccinated, which is good. That means no one I love is likely to die. But also like that doesn't mean that we can't make it more chances to mutate, more chances to spread, more chances that it gets to someone's kid down a chain of us. Right. Like that's I don't want that. That sounds awful. It's so frustrating because I have three friends, one of whom is a very dear friend. She's been a long hauler since April of last year. Whew, I got a friend and in that place too. She uh, she spent eight months on the couch. She got yep. the vaccine. She got uh, Pfizer. And within about two weeks, she was like, wow, I, a lot of my symptoms have decreased enough. I'm going to try to get up and just do housework. Uh, she did housework for 15 minutes and went to the ER because they all flared up again. Yeah. Uh, she's in Arizona. Heat is a big trigger of long, yeah. of long haulers. Yep. Yep. So she's looking into construction ice vests. And I said, if your insurance doesn't pay for you, I will buy you a goddamn ice vest. Yeah. It's, you know, I've known now over five people who've died. I've personally known five people who've died. And, and you- for anyone to not take this seriously, and these are my own family members who are really smart. They're just, yeah. there's this weird blind spot of understanding and empathy for others who can't defend themselves and it's heartbreaking it's so here's a question i have had and we have talked very frankly on this podcast the four the four of us about and with ron and byron too about the uh unfortunate amount of woo that exists among (laughs) rennies and and local festies right and and the the difficulties that we have experienced as science-based secular and, and that's also woo like woo like uh natural path naturopathy stuff. and homeopathy also you get a lot of the conspiracy yes. people too. Yes. a lot of like libertarian <laughs> don't tread on me right. folks so i guess my what i want to yeah. yeah so i mean i know that and i know that tim has a lot of friends uh at, at minnesota who are you know travelers but you're also tony out there seeing the people who don't travel at the other fairs 
how do you two both, Assistant Tim and Tony both, how does it feel like, have you, are those people being loud or quiet? That's an excellent about, question. That's about their excellent conspiracies. Question. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> in On the road, Rennies, uh, the conspiracy people are still, they're fine. They're still, you know, pop, 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 pop. They're, they're talking yeah. at their normal volume. Um, what was frustrating in Colorado, because that was the first festival that myself and my partner did, is even longtime Rennies who were vaxxed and isolated and masked and, you know, they took all the precautions. When festivals open up, they just pretty much relaxed all of it. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. myself and Jen's booth, all of our, co- all of our uh, co-workers were vaxxed and masked the entire time. And we're one of maybe six booths in the entire Colorado festival that were masked. Uh, yeah. I see, I see vaccinated Rennies, you know, oh, they're doing parties in this restaurant and they're going out and they're doing all this stuff. And Jen and I are like, fuck you guys. We're still isolating. Now we're not going to even hang out with people we know are vaxxed because they're not taking precautions. Uh, I don't know if it's woo so much as it is, and this is a coin that's been termed, and I believe in it, is just basically pandemic fatigue. Mm, yeah. It is hard to restructure your life for ongoing protocols in the face of less and less people following these protocols. Yes, yes. It's a societal peer construct peer construct uh, enculturation that for a while there was, you know, in lockdown, we're all pulling together, blah, blah, blah. But there's just enough of us that weren't that pretty much screwed the entire class's scientific project. Yeah. Uh, and now we're here where there's now virulent anti-maskers who are challenging school boards, trying to shove out, scaring people away from school boards so they can take over. Mm-hmm. I'm going to sidestep a little bit and go really big here. We are still in an ongoing fight against fascism. Yeah. Literal fascism. It's ongoing. Uh, it's no longer rioting in the Capitol. It's now, we're now one and a half days away from the Supreme Court. If they uh, do not look at the current Texas uh, new law on abortion, we'll basically gut and overturn Roe v. Wade. Yeah. We're here. Yep. And part of that law is for Texans to turn in other Texans. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, I, I, I uh, submitted some really fun anonymous tips to their uh, anonymous tip line where you could submit to their anonymous tip line someone that you know who's had an abortion. And I told them that I went back in time and aborted myself and that I needed their help. Uh, <laughs> and so we just, a lot of people are I doing turned Shrek. myself in. <laughs> a lot of people are doing Shrek memes uh, for, yeah. that, for that yep. very thing. Yeah. Song lyrics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so Tim, have you, like, have you noticed anything in terms of, I mean, obviously that's one of the big problems with, with the Renfest, right? Is, uh, just like the state fair, uh, you can't control who goes and this, we live in a big state that neighbors a couple of other asshole states that aren't doing their part. And And yeah, Minnesota is actually pretty good. We have one of the higher vaccination rates in the, in the nation. Um, that doesn't mean we're a hundred percent or even ninety percent, but we still. In terms of Delta, our entire state is a hot spot, right? Now. Right, right, right. Because yeah. Delta has been moving through the entire country, and it's here yeah. now. Yeah, um, yeah. And that's just the way it is. But still, it, it's like. So, do I think most of the people that are there are vaccinated? Probably. I, I mean, I don't know. Um, I'm not asking every person because that would just be exhausting. But, I guess it's uh, about sixty percent. 
Yeah. Uh, That's my you're guess. probably you're probably right. And I would guess yep. I would guess because the dregs are within our within our like on our Facebook page, on all of our personal pages that our fans follow us, we are 100% clear on our point of view on this subject. Mm-hmm. So probably more people that are coming to watch us that are, sure. are yeah. Yeah. longtime fans are well aware of where we're at on it, and they're doing the same things. I would agree that's likely. From a woo perspective, I'm not... In, in the festies, and there are a fair number of pagans that that I know are festies, that, but they still all seem really locked into doing what you need to do to be safe. Now, there are a lot of, you know, there are a lot of decisions. All of this is a decision that you have to make, right? Are you going to do what Tony does and mask? Uh, I think there is one person that friend of the show, uh, Nathan Gerber has encountered who works out there that is unvaccinated. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't know. Nathan is? No, he is. He's, he's vaccinated. Okay. He encountered encountered somebody who was unvaccinated and they had a, and and admitting it. Yeah. And admitting it. And they, they were like, well, let's just agree to disagree. And Nathan, as we all know, said, no, we're not going to do that. (laughs) Um, Sounds about right. Yeah. But, uh, but, but, in general, I think that whatever, and, and I mean, yeah, there's still crazy conspiracy shit going on and all that. Yeah, yeah. The one thing that everybody seems pretty locked in on is if we want to do this, we need to be vaccinated. We need to, you know, some people are masking, some people aren't. Like I say, it's a personal equation. We aren't because it just doesn't work. We can't mm-hmm. do our show and be masked. Um I have I have found what's interesting culturally, and I've been wanting the United States to get this years ago, or years ago, because uh, a lot of your Asian countries do this without thinking. Is if you're ill, if you're afraid of being ill, you mask up. Masking, by and large, especially I'm going to say in cities, as opposed to the rural, you know, Bible Belt or whatever. Uh, if you wear a mask, people might look at you. I have had this happen so much. They'll they'll see they'll, someone come around a corner in a grocery store. They'll see me mask. They step out of the way. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting. It's, I've had people tell me, uh, "You don't need that in here. They right. don't. You don't. You don't need that in here. You don't have to wear that." And I'm like, "Well, I'm gonna wear it. Thanks, though. Yeah, like, I appreciate yeah. you clarifying the law." Well, we've, <laughs> we've had we've had this conversation too. It's like anybody who's like um, saying, "Well, you know, masks don't work. There's no evidence." I'm like, "Sure, there's evidence. Did you notice how many people got the flu last year when everybody was masking up? Mm-hmm. Did you That's notice how many?" How many people Flu's got made the, up. <laughs> How many people? It, it was like the cold and flu season barely happened. Statistically, really makes you, makes you think zero. Yeah, uh, yeah. I checked into this four months ago. Uh, on a typical flu season, sixty to ninety thousand people die. Yep. Year twenty twenty. 2,900 reported cases of the flu. 2,900 cases. Cases. Like only One like, to two deaths. Yeah. One yeah. to two deaths. It's Just nuts. because of masks <laughs> and social distancing and more people washing their hands. Yeah. Uh, if that alone doesn't convince people. And by the way, there have been tests or there have been, there is data on mask efficacy. Yeah. It's 75% with a two layer mask. I read a uh, I read a, a comment on Reddit where someone said, "Well, yeah, all the people that would have died of the flu died of COVID, so that's not the same thing. The <laughs> God, people God. still died." And I'm like, "Oh, oh my God! <laughs> oh my God!" Science is uh, hard. 
so I know the Minnesota Renaissance Festival has not really done anything in the way of rules to protect to protect folks. No. Um, um, and that is, you know, they, they're not requiring vaccination or proof of vaccination from their workers or, 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 or masks. They're, yeah. they're not requesting masks or even it sounds like recommending masks. Tony, is that typical for the circuit? Uh, it's interesting because the fall shows like Maryland, Maryland is coming up. Uh, I think it either open or will open this weekend. Uh, they're requiring every single person who works there to be vaccinated. Hey. Period. They have to show proof of vaccination. Uh, TRF, Texas Renaissance Festival, which opened last year, which mm-hmm. is the, the nation's far, it's the biggest Renaissance Festival yep. out there. Yep. They get about 650 to 700,000 people. It's insane. Uh, last year, they just opened. It's like, hey, we're Texas. Fuck COVID. And people said it wasn't a spreader event, but people come from all over. There's not contact tracing, so yeah. I can't answer that. This year, TRF said everybody who works there must be vaccinated. Hey, that's TRF great. says that. Yeah, uh, Colorado, yeah. Colorado, you couldn't enforce masks. You could ask once, please wear a mask, but you couldn't enforce it in your own shop. Oh wow, which sucks. That does uh, suck. You couldn't. That's your own business. I know. Do they yeah. rent those booths or do they own that? Those all buildings. Festi- all festival, uh, most festival vendors, ninety-eight percent, they own the booths. But you pay rent because the festival owns the land. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Wow. So if the festival wow. wants to kick you out, and I've seen this happen multiple times over thirty years, uh, they just kick you out and you're done. Sure. And you've lost all your investment. Done. And Minnesota will actually tell you who to who to sell to. Wow. Oh yeah, it's, I can go <laughs> in for years, but um, Colorado had hand washing stations fairly scattered pretty well. Uh, Minnesota, there's there's zero protocols, there's zero precautions. Um, yeah, they they yeah. seem to just. It's the same thing with the state. It's it's actually worse than the state fair because the state fair put out a thing that said, "Hey guys, please wear a mask. Think about it, okay? Do the right thing." Renaissance Festival, there's not even any mention that COVID is happening. Yeah. Like I haven't seen. I went through their web page. I went through the Facebook posts. Like they haven't even said anything. Like hear ye, hear ye. Well, we would we would sure love it if you would be good about this. Molly, I would like to be fair with the Renaissance Festival for one moment and I apologize that I'm doing this but please remember (laughs) yes there's nothing on their website about COVID however if you go to their website and look at the grid that they have up explaining where the performers are performing that's from 2019 so they haven't updated their website since before the pandemic happened oh it's yeah yeah. I'm sorry but (laughs) I have to say this this is the 50th anniversary Uh, for the show yeah uh, Opening weekend, no programs. I know. I heard about no, that. No signs for the privies. No <gasps> signs. No sign for first aid. Can I tell a couple of stories out of school to our Dude. listeners? Please, let's I'm do so it. Sorry. Let's do it. I'm sorry. I'm right. so here. Weekend number two, there were programs. They had single page mm-hmm. fold over programs that showed the, the show schedule plus a single page map mm-hmm. that were printed. <sighs> really tiny. That were printed at Kinko's. They printed <gasps> one thousand for the entire oh, weekend. Oh my god! Which they gave to the information booth and said you can hand out five hundred on Saturday and five hundred by on Sunday. On oh my Saturday, god. it took them forty-five minutes to hand out <laughs> yeah. all of the programs. Yeah. 
Sunday, because the crowd gets there a little bit later because of church, they handed out all 500 within 90 minutes of the festival oh. opening. They had to, they, they, anytime somebody came up, they would ask that people only take one per group so they could get them to last long enough. And I reiterate, the website still has the is 2019 wrong. Yeah, yeah. schedule. So it's not like they can say, hey, just go to our website. Everything's there. Granted, there's no cell signal out here and you won't be able to get there, but you could at least pretend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So so as far as people even knowing oh, wow. what's going on where, they don't have yeah. the information oh, available. There was zero advertising before the first weekend. Yeah, I haven't seen. The only reason I know it was the 50th anniversary is because some friends said so. They're, they were counting <laughs> on, uh, there was like two Renaissance Festival blurbs in uh, local news, TV news. I yeah. heard a there couple was, of radio ads. I saw a TV ad this last week. I mean, yeah. we like back in the day, Nick and I were on on a morning show. Oh, yeah. You know, to advertise yeah. opening weekend sure. like they, they would have people. Did they uh, Tim, did you guys do the, the Mall of America preview this year? No, they did have it, but they didn't even contact us about a contract until <gasps> a week before the Mall of America preview. And yeah. I was like, well, I'm going to be on a road trip driving to California during the Mall of America preview. Yeah. And I, I might have made different uh, decisions had somebody contacted oh. me earlier. Uh, wow. 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 Two and a half weeks before this festival opened, I get a contract offer and it was the tiered contract bullshit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They, all right. And, Our listeners do not know about this. Okay. What yeah. happened was. Jim, Spell it out. Okay. Jim yeah. Peterson pulled this over 20 years ago down in Florida. The, the owner of the Renaissance, Renaissance the, Festival and Mid America Festivals. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, about 20 years ago, a bunch of entertainers went down to Florida for that show. He said he could only pay them half over what he agreed to. Uh, the people who said yes are still fighting their way back to the levels they were then. What was offered this year was called a tiered contract. And what it is is you're guaranteed 50% of what you asked and what they agreed to. And in 2019. For, so Right, in 2019. Yeah. So And then for every... Ten to 15,000 people that came through the gates above the bare minimum for your 50%, you then get 60% of your contract and then 70% of your contract broken up over five pay periods, the last two which were beyond the festival dates. So what that means is we're going to have to trust Jim Peterson gate count to get fully reimbursed or the full measure of our contract. And let's be clear here. What it did was it, it went up to, I believe the no, top number was 240,000, yeah. which was slightly better than what our attendance was in 2019, which was a pretty good year. Uh, which was a record 2018, year. yeah. But it, it was slightly higher than like our really good years. Now, yeah. one can anticipate that this year will be a record year. I'm not sure that we're there. We're, we're on the way there yet, but every other festival has had a record year. So maybe possible. this year. Very yeah. possible. But the point is, if you made that 240,000 threshold, you got 100% of your contract. If they went over that, there was no benefit. To no stretch goals. There, there was not. It wasn't like if they made it to $250,000, you got 110% of what you right, got paid in 2019. Right. So we were expected to take all the risk mm -hmm. 
yeah. and have no potential to to reap any reward. reap any rewards from a high attendance year. I did say, uh, I did say to the entertainment director, and I do not fault him for this because entertainment directors, by and large, are the break point between festival ownership and entertainment. I said, I'm going to say this once. Uh, tear up this contract. This is bullshit because for a multi-million dollar corporation to have mm-hmm. employees assume risk and get no reward. Um, one, I doubt if it's legal, but it doesn't matter because it's Renaissance festivals and they can skip by a lot exactly. of reality. Exactly. It doesn't matter. Like that doesn't matter because, you know, we're independent contractors. Exactly. You sign uh, it. That's all that matters. Exactly. Yeah. And so I did not know this. When I said, because I had to, as a street entertainer who does stuff across the country, I literally saying that, I was like, this could be the last time I ever worked for Minnesota, which is still uh, still my highest money show. Yeah. And But I was like, fuck this. I worked very hard to become a professional street entertainer at the level I am took decades to get even recognized as mm-hmm. somewhat on par as some of the stage acts. Uh, and I realized I had to walk away. I did not know, but on two chat boards here in Minnesota, suddenly the $8.8 million grant that came from the government to Mid-America Festivals for a large-size entertainment venue suddenly got talked about, and within 48 hours of me saying no, I got a full contract offer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's Jim Peterson. I will point out, too, uh, so Vilification Tennis would always take over the gate on Labor Day, where we would take all the gate shifts, which means we're the people taking the tickets, uh, letting people through, uh, doing, we would kind of bring it back to, to to the morning, we would bring it back to kind of the, not quite as as the way it was before, but the the more classic, like, ah, giving people the business on their way in the door, right? Like, the ribald jokes and nothing too dirty, but a little bit of, you know, uh, a little bit of, like, devilry, right? Embarrass some people a little bit. And acting out, right? Yeah, we're dumping water on each other. We're being ridiculous. I will tell you, I was instructed for all of my gate shifts, which I also took some others on the side. uh, If the ticket doesn't scan, like the printed out ticket doesn't scan, no one cares. Shove that ticket into the bucket and let them in because when they're inside, they they can spend money and they can't spend money if you don't let them in. Same with like the tickets. They would be like, here are the colors of the tickets this year. And I'm like, okay. It's like, what should I do if someone comes with a ticket from last year? And they would almost always say, it depends. Is it really busy? If it's really busy, just don't worry about it. Just get them in the door. We'll sort it out later. So the fact that they were making some of your contract pay based on ticket, like like people oh, yeah. in there. Well, it's like, so is it tickets sold or is it tickets torn or is it, you know, what, what, it, what are they counting for well, that? They, I mean, the reason businesses pre-sell tickets at a discounted rate and all that jazz is because they know a certain percent of them are never going to even get redeemed. It's a right. guaranteed sale. Mm-hmm. And the and, festival and sold tickets for 2020. Yep. They certainly mm-hmm. did. They said, yeah, we're going to roll over. We're going to roll over to 2021. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Um, and, and uh. so my very first year here in Minnesota was 1989. And in my contract under Gary Parker, uh, if they hit above a certain number, I got a bonus. That year, I got a bonus. I got a $110 bonus. I was like, yeah. man, this is freaking... No other festival ever did yeah. this. Yeah, bonus sounds good. And, but it was just... It was a bonus. 
Next yeah. year, next year that number was about fifteen thousand higher, and the bonus was a little smaller. Okay, no big deal. And we got that bonus. This mm-hmm. was back in nineteen ninety. You know when it was kind of like the last gasp of the show. Uh, and then after that, my succeeding years, that that little thing completely disappeared. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect it to last because I was like, "This is a, this is cool." So when Jim Peterson offered the you know the tiered contract, and I said, uh, "Well, if we go over a hundred percent, like Tim said, if we go over a hundred percent, do we then get X amount percentage uh, from our contracts?" Yeah. Oh no, no. Like, Bye. how does this benefit me? Yeah. Like, why would I agree all? to this? Why would yeah. I ever agree to this? Because, well, and, and oh. the the dregs when we sat down, we kind of we had a lot of it. Again, you're you're always doing math, right? Mm-hmm. And so we sat down. We had a couple of things to think about. One year and a half ago, one of our band members died right before the pandemic started. This mm-hmm. was our opportunity to actually get in front of our audience really for the first time since Rachel died. Uh, two, if we went, uh, we were going to say it was our last year. And yep. just and we were going to milk that for all it was worth, which also That's how we us, got a puppy. Yeah. <laughs> which also, right, that's right. Which also gave us the opportunity to start searching right to go this is our last year at minnesota we are gonna get some good video we're gonna put a we're gonna put a package together to start selling ourselves somewhere else knowing that well the tips are going to be a lot lower because we've got a huge following here and we don't have that anywhere else but we can we can look at what we can do uh and and so we did all the equations and we're like we don't like it but we're going to go ahead and sign this contract and then of course then of course it came out that the festival had been awarded 8.8 million dollars by the federal government and uh they gave us they didn't make us sign that contract um but i mean even that we had made that conversation but i actually we we were getting to the point because we had not received the contracts yet we were were getting to the point Mm -hmm. we're going to go back and say look uh we're not going to sign this unless there's 110 percent option Unless, yeah, yeah. Unless we have a chance to make more than we made in 2019, this contract is unacceptable. Yeah. Uh, and see, or, or at least if we get, if we start at 60% instead of 50% mm-hmm. of what we made in 2019, it's like, no, this is, this is tremendously unfair. There needs to be some sort of, some sort of, of, uh, a change in how this all works out. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. but I I mean even if they hadn't changed it I don't know I think we likely would have said look we're gonna go back and we're gonna we're gonna make the money that we know we can make for for this year and we're gonna just say yeah but this is it we're never mm-hmm. working for this festival again and if anybody asked us why we would have told them mm-hmm. that's what we did um, yep. yeah the you know the the fact that they're getting money from the federal government like that is very curious to me for for a lot of shady reasons not the least of which is. A lot of those loans are based on employee numbers and payroll <laughs> figures. Oh yeah, and mm-hmm. they don't have oh, any oh, fucking yeah. employees. No. Everyone's a goddamn independent contractor. Or Everyone's volunteer. contracted out or, or volunteer. volunteer. Right. right? Yeah. Even worse. I mean, they have employees um, in the office, but it's about ten people. Exactly. Right. It's a. Yeah. It's a Two groundspeople this year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but even but the like, groundspeople, it, I don't think, are employees. No, I think they're in charge. Yeah. I think they're independent contractors. Is there, yeah. is their payroll? Is their payroll eight million dollars? Yeah, like that's yeah, the thing. Exactly. Like, no, of course not. So uh, they probably it was probably mostly based on the lease for the land. 
that's probably what they uh, not only this property but it's all I'm, I'm getting I'm guessing all of his mid-america festivals. yeah he he runs multiple yeah 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 well and so we we should I know we should eventually get to five questions from you Tony okay. but uh, uh I will say I guess just so because this is this episode's gonna go up while the the Renaissance festival is still happening uh, so so my I guess my question <laughs> my question here <laughs> my question here is is uh, I'm not worried about any of that, right? It's more like, do, do you feel, what would you ask of people who are coming out? And let's just assume these are vaccinated people. Obviously, unvaccinated people are going to do whatever the fuck they want. There's no reasoning with them. But what would you ask of the of vaccinated people who have, dis- or maybe they're on the fence about whether or not to come out, uh, but they, they, they want to, they do, they miss it. They want to go. What would you suggest to them? Uh, before this, before this podcast started, there's a phrase called threading the needle. Uh, you have to understand what the risks are and if you're willing to take those risks, Mm -hmm. I'm willing to step out into a sea of people. I'm going to guess 40 to 50% are not vaccinated Mm -hmm. and nor do they really care. I'm going to be in very close proximity. Uh, I have a partner who's, uh, immunocompromised. I'm willing to do this, one, because I need to make a living. For people who want to come out to the festival, uh, just go ahead and come out. Have a good time. Uh, This festival is not at its shining peak. Hmm. Ground-wise. Be understanding. Be understanding. Be patient. Come out and still have fun. Most people I have, honestly, this year, more than most, is the patrons who are out there seem to be a lot more patient. Hmm. That's and good. a lot more understanding. I think the festivals are unique in this because the festivals still offer a chance for play. If you go into right. a restaurant and stuff, then it's a lot more of a constrained thing. And, man, people can be dicks sure. to understaffed and underserved restaurants who are still trying to give food to you. Mm-hmm. And But, mm-hmm. yeah, so be kind. Have fun. Yeah. And realize. Bring money. And well, yeah. they do. They really well, that, do. That has not been so, a problem. Thank you. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and that's great. Uh, the, I mean, I'll, I'll I'll say a few things. Please do come. Please be vaccinated. Um, and uh, please, I know you got to pay to get through the door. So the festival is going to get your money anyway. Uh, but uh, I got to tell you. Go spend your money in the craft shops and don't spend it at the traveler shops. Mm-hmm. Don't get a Renaissance yeah. Festival T-shirt. They didn't earn your money. They have done the, this. I, I and look, there are a lot of great performers out there doing great work. Tony, Tony is one of them. Um, Thanks. Well, I mean, you just are. Uh, but it, 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 it's like there are there is a lot of great stuff to see at the Renaissance Festival. Mm-hmm. None of that is done by the person who owns it in fact Mm -hmm. he is actively pushing against it yeah uh he (laughs) he is actively trying to make that stuff not happen so everything that happens out there that is amazing is because it's an amazing person busting their ass to make it happen it happens despite him it happens it happens in spite Mm -hmm. of him not because of him yeah uh i do want to add to that uh the all the vendors there, the vast majority of vendors, they make their product and they're just struggling just to keep product on the mm-hmm. shelves. So be understanding if it's a little light. Uh, but yeah, give your money to those private vendors. Yeah. We have yeah. independent kitchens out there. Yep. And I'm going to list some of them. 
the Asian kitchen. Yeah. The Asian food. Yeah. They took over the popovers. Yeah. Oh my God, mango popovers to <laughs> die for. They also have, uh, they also have a new uh, booth that sells pho. Same people. Yep. Yep. yep um, I saw I saw uh, them post about that. Yeah. Further down toward Cartwell Cove is uh, Caribbean food. Yeah, yeah. that They're place is amazing. They're yep. very good. So there's independent stuff out there. Ask around. All the vendors are independent, except for like the traveler booths that yeah. sell uh, Minnesota Renaissance Festival stuff. Uh, but yeah, come out and have fun. And I'm just be like, nice yeah. and be understanding. Don't give your money to those assholes. <laughs> don't give your money to that asshole. The dregs have a song all about it. <laughs> but uh, don't give your money to that asshole. Give it to all the other assholes. Yep. Because yeah, we... there, yeah, there well, are a lot of people that, that deserve that money. That's the thing is like, so one of the reasons that we are uh, like currently planning to come out on Labor Day is because it's historically there's more people at the fair that day as everybody is like, oh, shit, last chance to go to the fair. Right. It's also tends to be less busy because it's a Monday and not a weekend day. So there is that. But also like we wanted to make sure we had enough time. Uh, ahead of some late September uh, events that are going to happen one way or another so that we could make sure we aren't sick, you know, so that we have time to isolate, to test. If, heaven forfend, we do get COVID, we have that three weeks of time before that would happen, you know. And so I think that's important too, like plan your visit. Don't just, don't go to Renaissance Festival because right before you're going to go to your nephew's child play, you yeah. know, like maybe. That's really maybe, good, I like that. That's what I'm saying, like maybe go to the play and then go to the Renaissance Festival, like just mitigate your risk with smart planning. There are five Six, five more weekends, five more five, weekends. Five. Uh, yeah, by this, the time this goes up, I think there will be three. But anyway, perfect. Still, yeah. there are three more weekends. You can plan around it. You know, plan to get a test afterward. All that stuff. You I, know, just. I, I also really appreciate the idea of <clears throat> a bunch of people who have quit the Renaissance Festival going back on Labor Day, specifically <laughs> considering that the reason a lot of people in this group have quit was over, you know. Labor, labor issues practices. with yeah yeah yep. unsafe labor um safe and unfair labor practices by the owner so hope you guys like money because we're bringing us yeah. we, we, <laughs> like to, we like to yeah. go out and and tip performers and spend our money independently yeah and not pay to get in if you can handle that we actually won tickets from puke yeah <laughs> in nice. our our neighborhood our neighborhood uh national night out puke is one of our neighbors mark is one of our neighbors and he put two tickets uh into the the raffle and that's what we won <laughs> I was gonna so say, now we have if you don't, I, I do have extra tickets. All right, all right. Yeah. So now we have now we have Puke's uh, cell phone number for prank calls. Nice, sweet. Which you just admitted on the oh. show, Beefcake. You said our names. Oh, and I'm no, sure us. I'm sure he listens all the time. So. Of course he does. Yes. Yeah. Of course he does. We're famous. All so. right. Let's get on to five questions. Tony, as always, you are a returning guest, and I'm assuming you have come up with five deliciously insightful questions for us. I did not, but I'm going to make up up as Ooh. I go. Because that's Is that what, what you want to do? That's what All right. That so sounds great. Let's do uh, it. Tell me the single most useless superpower you could have. Ooh. And I'll start. Yes. I'm going to shoot half-cooked spaghetti out of my left armpit. <laughs> Mine and is that I, I go oh, ahead. Sorry. I was no, going to no. say, if you can't come up with one, give me a regular superpower, and I do have a superpower of making it useless. Ah, I was going to say mine is going to be that I can talk to animals, but uh, they they can't. I can't understand them. They can understand me, but I can't understand them back. So it's not really like a talking so much as a I can say things animals can understand. Love it. It's, uh, <laughs> I love it. 
45 seconds of, of concentrated pressure with my hands can manifest a penny. <laughs> <laughs> I freaking love that one. That's right. really good. That's good. Uh, I am completely immune to all vaccines. Oh. <laughs> What's wrong wow. with you? Wow. Okay. Uh, second He's asking question. questions. Second, uh, second question. Uh, what body part would you get rid of to be immune to all diseases? Ring finger on my right hand. Okay. Yeah, I'd, I'd lose... Uh, a ring finger or maybe a toe or two. Ooh, does a nipple count as a body part? Yeah. I'd lose a nipple. hundred percent. I keep all my fingers. I'll take oh, it. I'll lose a nipple. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'd rather keep my fingers. Okay. Tim? Hey, is this getting cut off or is it just going around? <laughs> no, no. It's, it's getting removed. Excised. So, oh, oh, okay. So, I mean, there's, there's a, there's a, a, a personal pain no matter what. All right. Uh, yeah. I'm, Tim I, picks I, dick. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd i'd lose a toe i'd lose a toe okay all right yeah. okay uh oh oh my tonsils hey, ah, oh, that's smart, that's that's smart. Um, i should have gone appendix I've had, I've had time to think of this one before so i might be cheating here but a single chest hair uh, uh, that's not body parts yes it is <laughs> oh, yes it is it's uh, part of your body uh, i don't care hey hey don't be a hater because i'm perfect that's just uh, the way it goes <laughs> That was a trick question. Okay. Question make three. Make the question harder by making it what organ? Ooh. Ooh, that's mm. good. Yeah. Ooh, that's good. Okay. Um, if you could have an extra sense, what would you pick? We have about 25 senses. Beyond the extra five, we have a sense of time, a sense of proprioception and space, mm-hmm. uh, understanding of kinesthetic mass as we move through. There's a whole mm-hmm. bunch of senses, sense of humor, those kind of things. What new sense would you like to have? Mm. Um, uh, magnetic north. I'd like to to be able oh, to identify nice. and feel magnetic north. That is awesome one. because a lot of people, and this was proven in Stanford once where people said they had a sense of direction. They were taken out to the middle of a football field on the 50-yard line, blindfolded, spun like 10 times, literally pointed at a goalpost. No one made it further than about twenty yards toward the goalpost. They literally because uh, we're not bilateral. Usually, one leg is slightly shorter than the other, and mm-hmm. they literally veered off before the mm-hmm. twenty-yard line. Mm-hmm. So, sense of oh, that's really cool. I like that. Some birds can do it. You know, the birds, uh, yeah. earthworms, yeah, uh, monkeys pooping. I think. Yeah. I'd like to have a sense of my medical health. I'd like to be able to do like an oh. internal scan and know if something's wrong. So I could be bar. like, a, yeah, or I could just like, <laughs> like it's something I have to concentrate to do, right? Like, let's say I have to concentrate, but I just kind of scan all like my a, organs a, and my blood and everything. Yeah, like a diagnostic run, like like a Star Trek thing. You'd save yeah. so much in insurance labs. Exactly. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Good answer. Maybe I don't know what's wrong, but I know something's wrong, and right. I need to go to the doctor. Yeah. Well, you have a check engine light. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, I was thinking of sonar, which would be a pretty bad, mm. badass sense, but I actually decided to change it a little bit. Since badass. all objects, <laughs> since all objects have gravitational pull, I would like to be able to to sense the gravitational pull of of whatever object I want. 
which would be mean that I could essentially close my eyes and find that goalpost, even if you spun me around. Oh, I see. You can, you can, so you, do you, so here's the question. Do you have to be able to picture it? Or like if someone called you and said, Tim, I'm trying to find my car. Can you sense, could you like think about Molly's car? I, I, yes, let's go for it. But there'd, there'd have to be there'd have to be a certain range in which that yeah, would work. Well, yeah. yeah. If you're sensing the gravitational pull of objects, like just like with sight, the further away something gets, the yeah. the harder it is to see. Yeah, I like that. Um, yeah. So I mean, you you might be able to make out a goalpost like with time and being able to recognize mm-hmm, objects. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Neat. Uh, I've always wanted to have uh, the sense of being able to uh, sense the history of an object. Oh, so if I pick up like that, like a rock, it's like, holy crap, I could literally sense back through time or, Mm -hmm. you know, I pick up a letter, a letter opener and it's like, oh, this was used in a murder in 19. Or you could go to an art museum. That's a fake. That's a fake. Oh, yeah. That would be awesome. (laughs) Okay. You could make a living finding fakes. Yeah. It just occurred to me that sense, sense poison would also be good to be able to just like, like, like hold leftovers and be like, are these still good? Or like, like. Touch meat. Like, are these still good? Like, is this just, yeah. You want, um, oh shit, I forgot what it's called. The scanners that they have in Star Trek. Yeah, very you much. You want that as I want power. it. I want it so bad. A tricorder. Absolutely. Right. The uh, the med check or the med Yes. Oh, yes. I would love one of those. Yeah. All right. Uh, question four. Question four. Uh, what is a food you really don't like, but you would eat it to be polite? Mmm. Uh, crunchy things in salads, uh, like like uh, noodle salad or tuna salad or chicken salad or like curry salad. That's those sorts of things. Uh, people traditionally make them and include some crunchy uncooked vegetable like uh, onions or celery. Uh, they're wrong, but I will eat them to be polite uh, sometimes or, mm-hmm. or just not eat the salad maybe. But yeah. Okay. It's a perfect example of something that I just really have an incredibly strong preference against, but like it doesn't make me gag or anything, and I can just eat food like that's fine. I don't love sausage, but I'll eat it. Like <laughs> that's like that's like I, I like it under certain circumstances, but like sausage pizza or like sausage like pasta, and it's just kind of like ah, eh, sure, this is fine. Okay, uh, I think. For me, it's grilled hamburgers because about 90... No, wait, 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 wait. About 98% of the time when people make a a hamburger on the grill in their backyard, what they're going to give you is an overcooked hockey puck. Oh, you mean backyard grill burgers. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Those hamburgers are almost always pieces of shit, but I will eat it because... You mean pieces of shit? I'll, I'll eat that piece of shit hamburger. I'll put... I'll put enough whatever the hell oh, I got to yeah. put onto it to get like steak sauce and shit mm. to get that thing down because yeah that yeah we're all laughing at sauce, the, the, yeah just get that sauce and just spread it over that meat yeah. just like uh, just like shake them on real hard all these are super in- entertaining on radio I bet they can um, guess what hand gesture we're making uh, <laughs> right. anyway uh, I actually almost gag at cooked spinach. 
Oh, uh, wow. And years ago, some friends of mine going, oh, we have, you know, we'd like you to invite you over to dinner. We have our family's recipe of lasagna. It's like, oh, my God, home-cooked lasagna? Mm-hmm. Great. And I show up, and I was telling my friend Jamie, I was like, oh, please, you know, we're just talking about foods we don't like. And, like, cooks, blah, blah, blah. I get there, and there's, like, a nine-layer lasagna in a pan. It's got oh. cheese. It's got everything. Yeah. They cut out, like, a foot-by-foot piece uh-huh, and yeah. lifted it up. And it was Waterfall Niagara of cooked fucking uh. spinach oh, on spinach no. noodles. And they put it on my plate, and I looked over at Jamie, and he's just like, uh, <laughs> and I said, um, do you guys have some wine? Thank you. And, yep, there you uh, go. garlic bread. I choked that thing down, man. Oh, and yeah. I yeah. said, thank you, because it's not, it doesn't kill me, but, and then they go, oh, you had so much of it. Do you want another piece? I said, no. <laughs> well, take the rest of it home, sure. Oh, my God. And on the way home, Jamie is like, oh, what'd you? I said, you, you can't talk about it, or I will throw up. Yeah, wow. yeah. So, yeah. there you go. Okay, question number five. Five. If you could jump off of any height anywhere in the world one time and float to the bottom safely, where would you jump off of? One of those crazy buildings in Dubai. Oh, <laughs> that's yeah. a good choice. Burj Khalifa. Like yeah, I feel like um, after after uh, whatever whatever Fast and the Furious movie that was, where they're driving cars between the buildings in Dubai, oh, yeah. like over yeah. the landscape in the distance, <laughs> I was, that's that's what sticks out of my mind right away. And I'm just like, yeah, that'd be awesome. It's so beautiful down below. There's so it's architecturally interesting. Even far out of the city would be very like Vegas would be another cool place because the desert being so far out. That's what I was except for like none of the buildings in Vegas are very tall. No, the tallest is the stratosphere, and it's not that tall. Not that tall. Yeah, that's because that's what I was going to go with was, uh, 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 you know what? I've never been to France. I'll jump off the Eiffel Tower. There you that go. That sounds great. I will I will gently float down while I gaze upon Parisian views and uh, rural pastoral uh, rolling landscapes as, I, as, as the French smoke cigarettes and look up at me and say pithy things about the dumb American woman oh, floating to the ground. Oh. <laughs> C'est uh, très amusant. Plays on me. <laughs> uh, this is this is this is easy for me. It would definitely be the Grand Canyon. I've always wanted to be able to see the Grand Canyon from the bottom. Oh uh, sure. I've only ever had, had time to be there to see it from from the edge. Now, granted, once you get to the bottom, uh, getting to the top is a real long pain in the ass hike. But but still, uh, I would I would want to I'd want to see the bottom of the yeah. Grand Canyon. Um, yeah, that sounds good. Because I just came off up with these things off the top of my head tonight. I'd want to jump off Olympus Mons on Mars. Oh. That mountain is as far as we know in the solar system, the tallest mountain that we know of. It literally sticks out of the atmosphere. Yeah. And you'd so, fall so slow. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I would be able to step up. Now it's a huge slope, so I'm just gonna say I get to, you know, and then drop. But floating down through the atmosphere of Mars. All by myself, like the Martian when he said, no one else is here. I have a whole planet to myself. To be able to float down through the atmosphere of Mars, looking out over the landscape as it gets closer and closer and closer, knowing I am the only human on this planet, would uh, that be kind of a dream come true. Far above the world. <laughs> I want that played at my uh, funeral. Uh, All talking, right. Is that Major Tom? Yes. Yeah. The, the Canadian scientist who did the video up at uh, Skylab yeah. Yeah. always makes me cry 
yeah. I want that played at my funeral. That song makes me cry too. It's a good one. All right. Chuck, I think the the David Bowie song is Space Oddity. And then there's the Major David Bowie Tom. song is yeah, Major Tom yeah. is the four, three, two, one, drifting. Yeah, you are correct. It is you, you are correct. Thank you. I have a hole in my head with bands. That said, uh, uh I, we will make sure they play Space Oddity at your funeral, I guess, as long as we're still alive. And Major Tom. Why not? Yeah. You can have both Tony. Well, You're you worth it. <laughs> you started saying I'm the oldest one here, Molly. So uh Oh well, yeah. She's not wrong. This is, this is a oh. fact-based podcast. <laughs> oh. It's a oh. fact-based podcast. A uh, Tony Miller, as always, you are a genuine delight. You are a true friend and a man of interest, and I am always so happy to have you on the show. Uh, thank you so much for joining us and for being here. Uh, I would like to point out that he answered. He asked us five questions that he literally came up with on the top of his head it when he was a It seems super simple. It's like anybody could do that. Really easy. Seems yeah. like you could send in your five questions to five questions. Is anybody even listening to this podcast anymore? <laughs> I don't even know. I will be, and I'm going to make my wife or my partner do so, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah uh so come to the minnesota renaissance festival it is friday uh saturdays and sundays with uh festival friday which this year is september 24th i will i will not be there the last weekend yeah, okay I think, uh, it overlaps north carolina but festival next- friday is usually the friday of the last weekend and this weekend yes. this year the last weekend is actually october 2nd and 3rd so festival friday is probably october 1st October 1st. All right. Well, then you can come on out to the Minnesota Renaissance Festival and see Seamus the Insulter and Tim with the Dregs and probably some other things are out there, too. (laughs) But I don't know when they are because I don't have a program or a website. (laughs) I can tell you you that the Dregs schedule, we added a a show since 2019, but if you went to the 2019 schedule, the four shows that are on there are all still happening. Wow, look at that. That's some serendipity. All right. Thank you very much for joining us. We're here every week. We've been here every week. We're going to continue to be here every week because we're Until vaccinated. one of us dies. Yeah, we're vaccinated. So if we die, it's going to be from not being able to go to the hospital because y'all aren't vaccinated. It's going to so. be because of fucking appendixitis. We're going to have a burst appendix and there's no no beds no in the ICU. In the yeah. 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 Jokes on you. I don't have an appendix. Yeah, Nick doesn't have an appendix. So it's like even so more likely it's going to be me It's going to be Molly dies. or me. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but we knew that. All right, everybody. Thank you, and we will see you next Tuesday. Bye. Aw, oh, come on. They didn't even have vaccines in the Renaissance. It's not, period. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We don't recognize moral authority. We don't accept divine superiority. We're geeks, geeks without God. Need more geeks without God? Go to our website, read our blog posts, find us on Facebook, or follow us on Twitter at Geeks Without God. Social media! We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, geeks without God. It's going to be funny if one of us does die, though, in the next couple days. Oh, it'll be hilarious.